So I'm actually doing this right now as a little bit of an intro. So in this episode that you're going to hear coming up right now, I'm going to keep it a buck. The audio is not sexy. And it's because this audio that you're going to hear in this upcoming episode is for was basically for when I was shooting the video for the podcast. And let me tell you, for anybody out there doing a podcast, when you add the video element, it changes everything. Okay, because talking into a microphone is easy, at least for me. But if you want me to in, then add the video aspect with the podcast, with now being entertaining with the gestures and sense stress and modulation of my voice, it gets a little complicated. Okay, but the video is out. If you're listening to this audio, if you go to the Car Quicks YouTube channel, there is now a video of this audio that you're going to hear up on the podcast. A little backdrop. It's all looking good. And probably from here on out, almost every episode is going to have some video element with it. So I encourage you to go check it out. It's another aspect of, you know, my grandiose plans. There's going to be YouTube shorts of the podcast clips a little bit easier to digest as opposed to you know, 40 minute long episodes of me talking about the things I love. Maybe you don't love them, but you're here listening. So I appreciate your time and I appreciate anybody that is spending any bit of time with me because you can spend your time anywhere else. So again, apologies on the audio quality that you're going to hear coming up. Actually, I could tell you why it's because I thought the microphone that I had set up was actually recording from the microphone is actually recording from the phone. So that's where you're going to hear the distance of my voice. But moving forward, I'm going to go back to you. Obviously, I'm going to figure out a way to use a microphone. I'm using now with the camera, blah, 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 blah. You understand. Once again, it's Car Quicks, your host, Cameron. I appreciate your time. Enjoy the episode. Hey, you like cars? Well, so do I. Take a seat real quick. You're listening to Car Quicks. format because it allows me to kind of organically walk into the scene and then tell you what I've been talking about but we're <laughs> we're definitely like going multiple scenes here but the cars car quicks you know I'm gonna chop this up and cut it up but let's just begin where do we start at Tesla so remember last episode right last episode I talked about how there's a company a group of people in Canada that were hacking into the Tesla cars the Model 3 to be exact, infotainment system, right? And then just recently right now, we have this news about Tesla employees have been sharing the video sentry information without the owner's consent. <laughs> like I told you guys, like we're driving rolling computers, okay? Let's just keep it a thousand. They're rolling computers. So the videos, the information in the 
infotainment system that your phone's connected to, that the car's uploading, all this stuff is inside the car. And nobody is looking at the terms and conditions. We got Tesla employees taking video, uploading the video, looking at the video. Owners on the other end are like, bruh, who's going to tell me you're looking at this video? Because if it's inside of your garage or inside of your house, I mean, it's very personal. So you could very well have something happen in there that you don't want to be seen. You don't want somebody to know where you live. You don't know what address. They said they got data points for location, GPS. So it can pretty much pick up anywhere the person's living. So that's that's actually not a good thing. You know, this goes back to what I said before. We're about to get to the point where you're gonna have to start buying like antivirus protection for your car, or you need to start doing two-factor authentication for some of these videos, or manufacturers are gonna have to start coming up with a plan to say, look, we have this information in your car. Even though you had given consent for us to communicate with the car, there need to be another layer with where that information goes. I know I'm talking crazy, right? Everybody's you gonna look at this video and say, dude, when are they gonna do that? They're never gonna do that. Matter of fact, they're just gonna look at you and laugh and say, hey, bro, don't buy the car. You know, you're on your own. I wouldn't know which way to go with it. I just know that considering where things are headed, where we're going with vehicle driving, self-driving, automation, all these things, there needs to be something that takes into account that entire thing. Now, I work in the tech field, so for me, it's like job security, because there's a role, there's a line where you're gonna have to start hiring people for security level things and getting that cleared up. I think it's pretty crazy though that Tesla's constantly in some news about something, especially with their employees. I like the cars, they're cool. My opinion, what does CarQuicks think? I wouldn't buy one, not right now. Wait for them to get, wait for the competition to catch up and they're going to be forced to improve their product, improve their services. Because right now they're just running the race solo. I mean, there are electric cars out there, but Tesla's still at the top. And so they really got, they don't got to do much. But keeping that up, keeping into the, the EV thing. I know last episode it was about EVs. We're back in EVs again. The Dodge, what is it? The Ram Rev. Now, because I'm new to this video, maybe somewhere around here, around here, I might have a car floating around my head or something that's pertaining to what I'm talking about. If I get that far, game over, okay? I might have to start a Patreon, but I don't know if I have anything around me. I'm doing this because if there's something that pops up, you're gonna see it. If nothing pops up, we're just gonna have to use your imagination or as we do this, follow along. I'm gonna leave all the links in the description about what I've been talking about. But the Ram Rev, so Ford F-150, Lightning, not the old Lightning with the V8 that was supercharged. We're talking about the current electric one, the Tesla Cybertruck, though I don't even want to mention that because that's currently vaporware. And I say vaporware because I know they've been driving around with the Cybertruck, but listen, <laughs> when I, I'll believe it when I see it drive by me, okay? I'll put it that way. But Ram brought out the Rev. They announced it before, but now they got all the, they kind of gave more of the details about what they have. And it's, there's something, you know, I've talked to people about the size of some of these trucks, right? Like the weight of them. One of the big things was the Hummer EV, right? The Hummer EV had 
it's like 9,000 pounds, zero to 60, like three and a half seconds. And many people are kind of asking the question like, how good are those brakes? Because if you're driving that fast in a car that weighs that much, your stopping ability, even with the biggest calipers in the world, becomes a problem. It becomes a little bit of an issue. I don't know if they address that on the Ram Rev, but here's what we got, right? Standard range is 350 mile range. Then it gets up to 500. But what's crazy is a 500 mile range is also in conjunction with a 14,000 pound towing capacity. That's nuts. 500 mile range, 14,000 pound towing capacity. They said that the battery in the Ram Rev is bigger than one in the Hummer EV. Yo, we're talking about a five ton truck. Like <laughs> these things are going to weigh 10,000 pounds plus. That's a light duty truck. So the interesting part about the article is that the EPA might have to get involved to the point where they have to start calling the stuff light duty, right? It's no longer consumer based. It's no longer consumer trucks. This is light duty trucks, right? Because you're talking about the size of it, right? The size of it's too big, the weight's too big, it's too heavy, you can't drive nowhere, you gotta know what road you're on, you gotta know what type of parking garage you're going into, can the structure handle the weight, and you know what the, most people don't do? They don't think about none of that. They're not thinking about, they're gonna buy these trucks and not think about the weight of them, what they do to the road, what it means if you're going over a bridge, what it means if you're in a parking garage structure that's elevated, none of that. Even, let's just say you have a house that might have a, I don't know, driveway or a carport that goes over a little bridge or a section that's like over maybe some water or creek. You have to know how much that truck weighs in order to understand the structure that you're going to be rolling on can actually handle that. And the heavier these trucks get and the more the battery is, it's like the wild, it's like there needs to be instructions or CDLs given out with these. I mean, five, five tons? I mean, yo, come on. These trucks are monsters. And then add this, zero to 64.4 seconds, which is beating my GR Corolla. I mean, it, it, it weighs 10,000 pounds. 654 horsepower, 620 foot-pounds of torque. Each electric motor on each end obviously puts out that much power collectively together. I don't, I don't think it was separate because then it would have been 1,200 or 1,300 horsepower, which would have been astronomical. But that's what it has out front. It's basically a luxury truck too. You get all the same accoutrements, right? 23 speaker radio, massage, ventilating seats, heated seats, full luxury. There was a, I think the highest trim was called the Tux, the Tungs, the Tungsten, Tungsten? Yo, I can't talk. Um, The Tungsten, that's the highest trim level, I think, that they had. That included like the luxury, the 23 speaker one. And to me, that's, you know, it's it's part of the course, right? All the trucks nowadays, none of them are just trucks that you had from back in the day, right? We're not just picking up lumber or something in Home Depot and hauling it off to wherever we want to be. This is all basically passenger cars, luxury, with the ability to be utility. One of the really cool things, look at my notes here. One of the cool things that you can, same way you can do with the F-150, if you remember when that was announced, the F-150 Lightning had the ability to hook up to your house to basically power it if there was a power outage or something like that. The Ram Rev has the same thing. Now it's even more so because it has a much bigger battery. We're talking about 3.6 kilowatts of just the ability to pull battery from the front area, plug it into your house and power household electronics. I mean, that's 
that's going to be one of the very cool things for people that live off grid, people that live out in the country, people that have like houses or barn dominiums and, you know, ranches. These electric trucks are kind of going to be really popular depending on when they get to the point where the capacity is much is that size the range is that size the towing is that size and you can also use it as like a battery backup or a battery generator so i think it's a cool thing i do have concerns about the weight of them and the way people drive out here ten thousand pounds and folks trying to cut you off i mean it's gonna let me just tell you it's it's gonna be something it's not much more EV news, but another interesting topic, another very, very, very cool thing. Okay, so about two years ago, you know, Gordon Murray, if you don't know who Gordon Murray is, he is a gentleman that created the McLaren F1, the most renowned supercar. I know I feel like supercar, I kind of say hypercar, but it's a supercar because it's not in this coin to say ridiculous Bugatti, Chiron, Veyron era that we're in right now. But the McLaren F1 is considered the pinnacle of supercars, right? It was like the, it was the, the peak. It was the ultimate expression of analog V12 sound engagement performance. I mean, if you try to get an F1 now, I think that would like 20 to $30 million or something like that. So Gordon Murray went back to the drawing board about two years ago and made the T.50, which is a crazy car. And so now what he released now was a T.33. And I was looking at some videos on it and like, it's just really, the engine is just a masterpiece, right? There's no gear, there's no belts on this engine. Everything is gears. Meaning if you took it off, it looks like a watch, like a Swiss, a Swiss watch or something. Everything is gears that connects to the timing, the camshafts, the drivetrain, the accessories are all put off of, I think it's like an electric engine or something on the side of it that handle certain accessories or something with the transmission. But I mean, masterpiece. In the T.50, red lines are 12,000 RPM and it's V12 made about 600 and, I can't remember how much horsepower it was, 690? It was, it was high up there. The T.33 is a convertible version of a different type of car, carbon fiber T-tops that you can store in the front. Like I said, if I got pictures of it up, you're gonna see it floating around me. The really cool thing is the storage for the, the luggage. So most supercars, you have this issue where they try to figure out if you can stuff a golf bag one or two behind you or in the front. This one has hinged areas in the, in the quarter panels that pop open that allow you to basically like reverse butterfly that you can store luggage here that's custom built for the car closes up puts the top in the front in the in the front trunk and now you have the oral sound of the v12 that red lines at 11,106 feet manual driver focus it weighs 2,000 like 333 pounds I'll just give you an example that's 700 pounds less than my GR Corolla, and it makes 609 horsepower. Wild. Okay, it's, it's, it's ridiculously expensive. Two to three million dollars. I'm looking at some YouTube videos of people looking at it. Shmi was one of them, Shmi 150, if you watch YouTube car videos, you already know. He was looking at that. I mean, he was enamored with it. I could tell he was probably figuring out what he's gonna have to sell, flip, change, channel, upgrades. I don't know what he's gonna do, but if he, I would be interested in somebody on a channel like that getting the car so that we can actually hear, see, and kind of 
have somebody experience that car because to me that is to see Gordon Murray build something like that, especially with Cosworth making a V12, and I I heard sounds of it. It just sounds just amazing. I mean, come on, high revving V12 engines all sound amazing, but this is especially amazing. And you're talking about one of the most renowned engine builders. So that's a very special car. The design of it, there are angles of it that I'm not gonna lie. It's not, it's not like drop dead, like, oh my gosh. But I think what it is, is very attractive, clean and subtle. And it's one of those things that as the years go on, we're probably gonna circle back to this moment, you know, and I'm on like episode 2000. <laughs> We're going to circle back to this moment and we're going to talk about how that design was perfect for the time because it lasted for the years. It wasn't something that was designed for the now. It wasn't trying to be the future and the retro and the past. It wasn't trying to do too much. It was cleanly designed in the middle. The McLaren F1 is like that. It's not this overly like mind-blowing Lamborghini with Relto. Aventador, Koinaseg, Pagani. It's it's really just subtle and it's clean. And I think that's that's his thing. His car is always gonna be very simple to the point. And I think that's important because with that, you get lasting design. Things don't outdate themselves. So I'm hoping one of these YouTuber guys get this, right? So that's the only way I'm gonna see one because <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. It ain't coming to Cars and Coffee. They ain't coming to show up there with it. So I got to rely on the likes of YouTube in order to see some of these cars because they're not going to cross the path of my eyes. And speaking of cars that cross the path of my eyes, we, we got to have it. We got to come together as a family. We got to talk. I've mentioned this before. I've said it. I've talked about car design. I've talked about some of the people right now that are leading the charge. And they're at it again. They're at it again. I'm, I have to throw a picture of this one up. Genesis, oh man, boy. They, when I say not missing, they're hitting, they're just bowling strikes now. They don't hit the turkey. They're just going down the, they're just going down the lanes. I mean, they're batting, I don't even know what batting averages are, but they're shooting from the field, okay? It's 100%, okay? They're 10 for 10 from the three-point line. They're dropping dimes. <sighs> what am I talking about? The GV80 Coupe concept. I know you've seen this, okay? I know you have seen this. The GV80 concept, it's an SUV. So it's an SUV type coupe. Think of it like the Porsche uh, Turbo GT, the BMW X6M, the Mercedes-Benz GLE AMG. What else is there? There's a Jaguar, I think it's called the X-Pace. It was the SVR version of that. Alfa Romeo's, the Vio, I think uh, they had a version for theirs as well. Think of all of the high-performance luxury SUVs that are kind of in this, you know, this four-door coupe, right? We've gotten to that point now. Coupe is just two doors, it's four-door. So you've seen the design, you've seen the silhouette, but you haven't seen this one, okay? Because Genesis knocked this clear out of the park into the bay, okay? landed it on top of somebody's dinner plate on a yacht. They smacked this thing out the park. The GV80 concept looks ridiculous, okay? Genesis hasn't, I mean, when I say they've been hitting it every single time, and when you look at other manufacturers, 
some of the most renowned luxury ones are currently right now in this weird stage of big nostrils, big grills. I mean, let's take a segue, like the BMW M2. The current new BMW M2 on paper, obviously it does everything proper. Engine, horsepower, six-speed manual. Obviously everybody knows it drives well because it's the smallest BMW you can get that has the engine that you want. That's in the M3 and the M4. The new one, I think it's the S58 engine and the G80 M3 and the M4, but it looks odd. Like, I've tried to see it at different angles, black, red, blue. But it looks odd. It's a weird, it's a weird shape. What's that shape? I don't understand. But to go back to the G80, Genesis hasn't failed not once, okay? We're talking, well, let's talk about the things that probably won't make it to production. We got four bucket seats in there and a roll cage in the rear where the luggage goes. Now, personally to me, I think they should make it exactly as it is now and do a short run of the ridiculous ones and then do the standard ones you're going to sell to everybody else. But they should do a run of like 50 of the just crazy roll cage in the back, four bucket seats up front, and let people drive those things around, see how they like them. But as far as how it looks, there's, man, hats off, okay? Hats off. They haven't failed. The GV80 is the best looking coupe, SUV that is out right now. Hands down. I don't want to hear no arguments about it. Don't tell me. Cry to your mama. Okay? It's the best looking one I've seen. Now, that's what the X6M, the GLE, whatever you want to call it, it's the best looking one. I'll put money on it. Okay? Quote me. Clip up this video. When the thing comes out, if it looks anything like the concept, Especially in that orange color. Definitely keep that orange color because it's about time we have some more color. I have a white car because they didn't offer any colors because if they did, I would have threw some color at it. But color's good, so nice to see that. But, man, mwah. good job, Genesis. Once again, you've knocked it out the park. I don't really know what to say other than hopefully it looks just like this when it comes out because if it does, there's not going to be much to talk about. And... I mean, I mean, what can I say? Things look amazing. Now, speaking about my own car, um, because we're coming to the end of this, not not too long of not too long of one now, because I'm I'm shooting this, I'm doing this late. But there's a funny thing that popped up on the forums and it, on the articles. It talked about the WRX has sold more in the first quarter than the entire production of the GR Curl in 2023. I'm laughing at this because I made a post on a form that said, like, meanwhile, at Subaru. And it was because I got an ad in my city that said $1,500 $1, off MSRP of any 2022 WRX. And I laughed at it because, like, the GR Curl is getting no MSRP off. It's getting MSRP over. Or it's at MSRP. And... The WRX is a very capable car. Considering I've seen what they've done with the VB engine, the VB chassis, I follow, I think it's a gentleman on Instagram called AFD WRX. His has that, it's performing well. So it's not a bad car. It's just that the popularity of what people want now is GR Crow. So just funny to see that one selling so much. And you can keep buying them because they're available, but you can get it for 1500 off, but you can't do on the GR, not, not happening. Well, pretty much it. Don't really have any more to talk about. Not today, at least. 
This is a short one. It's a video, you know? My mug, my table, got my books back there. Got Bigfoot. You know Bigfoot. The original monster truck. Plants, feng shui. It's going to be good. I'm going to like this. I like this concept. I like this setup. I like this. I like this. I like it. Join me on the next one. It's episode 11. Kind of short for you. It's like 20 minutes or so. I normally do longer. But you know, it's late. I got to go to sleep, man. As I always say, do as you wish and do as you may. I'll be around. Y'all be safe out there. Peace.